Hello, welcome to the Dive In Movie Cast, a film podcast where two unqualified critics give their opinions and try and differentiate themselves from every other podcast out there. My name is Hayden. And I'm Wesley. And this week on the Dive In, I'm gonna need a gun. <laughs> um, I've been quoting that line of dialogue about all week. and You know what one I've been quoting? What one? I'm gonna kill you. He is so robotic with some of his line deliveries, and I don't know if I love it or hate it in this movie. Yeah. Anyways, if you haven't guessed yet, we're yeah. talking about John Wick 4. John Wick 4, a little bit about the John Wick movies in general, but in specific, we're mostly going to be talking about 4, which is just an absolutely breathtaking masterclass in action cinema. Um, but before we get right into it, Wesley, how has Burger Week been treating you? How, how have you been doing this yeah, week? Yeah, so if anyone, for people who don't know, uh, we have Burger Week here in Halifax, where for a week, um, restaurants all over the HRM um, make specialty burgers, different things uh, for this one week. And a dollar from every burger goes to feed Nova Scotia, which is amazing. Um, but I have been eating a burger every single day. Me too. And I am, I don't even live in Halifax. I'm like making the journey. Making the journeys out. No, it's crazy. I like, I love it so much. I love the idea that everyone's just like burger, 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 it's burger. Yeah. It's um, like my favorite food and the entire city just loses their minds over it for an entire week. It's yeah. awesome. So I've been eating burgers all week. Uh, I think out of all the ones I've had, my top two at the moment is Tusket Falls Brewery. Yeah. Um, which is amazing. Amazing. It was a really good burger. I also had another burger uh, from a place called PMQ. Amazing burger. Sadly, it was only like the only thing that takes it down lower is because it was a slider and not like a full burger. Oh, okay. But so, it was so good. Like I could eat seventeen of those. It was just one slider or a couple sliders. Just one slider. Oh my god. That's like. I had no other problems with the burger other than the size. Yeah, if only it was bigger. If only it was bigger. Uh, but other than that, oh, it was so good. Um, I feel like it's the people who are listening right now are like, I'm going to listen to this podcast about John Wick, and we're just like, burgers, burger. off the rip. Um, I'm with you. Tusket Falls Brewery had like the craziest burger Shout I think I've Tusket had in Falls. a while. Absolutely amazing. Bacon and beer cheese? Come on. Mm. Just amazing. So good. Uh, and Toho's had this like pulled pork burger that I had. Mm. That's a second place for me, for sure. It was really good. Nice. We're gonna. I think we're gonna end off. Today's the last day of Burger Week, so mm-hmm. we're gonna finish this pod and we're gonna head right out there into the streets of Halifax and we're gonna find Go get a, a good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, let's talk a little bit about John Wick. And before we get right into John Wick, I think we have to talk about the elephant in the room, which is the tragic passing of Lance Reddick. Um, a couple days before the movie came out. Yeah. Which is just you know devastating. Lance Reddick is a great performer, and I may not be too familiar with him beyond his performance in The Wire, uh, his performance in the John Wick movies. And I uh, played a little bit of Destiny, and I know he's got a, a role in that. I actually didn't know it was him until recently. Mm-hmm. But I just think he's a, a fantastic actor. He has such a gentle and yet kind of intimidating presence to him on screen. And I was devastated to hear he passed away just at the age of 60. Yeah, that um, sucks. Supposedly t- due to natural causes. But, man, what a bummer. So yeah. I just wanted to start this episode off and just be like, R.I.P. Do you have any, like, are you a fan of Lance Reddick? I mean, I've I've, like, heard him in voice acting things. I've seen him on movies, like... Nothing other than nothing other than the stuff you've already said, um, but yeah, he's an amazing actor, uh, and it sucks that we're losing him. There's a really funny oh, we've lost him. Uh, there's a really funny clip uh, that where he comes in uh, on the Eric Andre show. Oh, okay, um, and he's like got the uh, I can't remember the Star Trek character's name, 
but it's the one with whatever the whatever the visor is and he's in like chains and he comes on stage and he goes i wish i was lavar burton and he's just like shaking his chains around i don't i don't know what the context of the clip is that's how i feel every time i see eric andre i'm like what's going on in the like in this clip yeah i just like the clip comes on and a bear explodes through the desk and i'm like what is happening how did lance um, reddick react to this but yeah it's it's sad to hear and it sucks that we're losing another amazing actor but uh his i think his role in the john wick movies is like legendary yeah yeah absolutely and the and especially in two and three is where he really gets to shine and he's just he's so good in those in those movies mm-hmm. um you know without spoiling john wick four before we talk about it i really wish we got a little bit more lance reddick um mm-hmm. especially since it's the last time we'll see him or one of the last times we'll see him on screen but yeah r.i.p to just a, a really great performer who every time i seen him even if it wasn't often or in like the craziest like projects ever like i just thought he was incredibly talented yeah and it's so sad too because he was like he was an amazing voice actor for the critical role series as their main uh big villain i can't remember that dragon's name the head of the chroma conclave but yeah it's just upsetting to hear Mm -hmm. and sad to hear we won't hear him as a badass dragon ever again right what a bummer but yeah let's let's get a little bit more into the joys of john wick mm-hmm. not linger on the the sadness of lance reddick's passing for too long but john wick 4 um what a movie man yeah. the second i got out of this i was like i can't wait to do a pod on this i don't even know what i'm gonna talk about that's what i was thinking after i seen it but just the longer i've sat with it the more i've just had plenty and plenty of thoughts to come to me about this movie mm-hmm. um what are your thoughts on like john wick as a franchise because in 2014 when the first john wick movie came out it didn't even release in theaters it was kind of shrugged to the side as like a vod direct-to-video kind of release where Keanu Reeves kills people. And I think a lot of people are just like, oh, it's like Liam Neeson doing his Taken thing. Keanu Mm -hmm. Reeves is just going to kill people, and it's going to be a fun action movie, and then we'll move on. And then John Wick has quickly become one of the most recognizable characters in pop culture of our time right now. And the movies just continue to to dominate. With each one, the box office grows bigger. More and more people are interested in seeing it. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on, like, John Wick as a franchise instead of just a a one-off killing shooting movie. I think John Wick as a franchise is a great action franchise. Um, Mission, I can kind of compare it to Mission Impossible, where Mission Impossible is all about the stakes, uh, less about the fighting and more about the crazy stunts and action. John Wick is like solely about the fighting. Mm -hmm. Um, If you go to a John Wick movie to see anything other than fighting, why are you there? Yeah. Uh, It's just like so, John Wick I think is the staple for like hand-to-hand combat uh in action movies uh and gun combat as well gun fu as it's been called like they kind of created this new yeah close quarters combat gun fu all this stuff john wick is like the staple yeah um and so i think they're all really good movies and amazing action movies for people who are like oh i just want to go see an action movie where someone kills someone like kills a bunch of people it's like this is your kind of movie yeah i completely agree i think as as it becomes a franchise the bigger it gets the more i think i love it like with John Wick 1, which is a good movie, I was just like, yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Then I watched John Wick 2, and I was like, I am so impressed by this action. 3, maybe a little bit of a step back for me a bit. But with 4, I was just like, I saw it in IMAX, mm-hmm. and I was just vibrating. Like the whole movie. Yeah, I, was I like, don't know how you saw damn. it in IMAX, because I saw it in AVX, and I was like, oh my god, some of these gunshots are so loud. So loud, yeah. Like the opening scene where he's punching that... um 
Yeah, that's so loud. In IMAX, it was kind of miserable. I was like, all right, I hope he stops punching soon. This is hurting me. Yeah, and you've got the Bowery King just, like, yelling on top of that, too. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's just, like, I do think seeing these movies on the biggest screen with the best sound is really the way to do it. Because it's just, like, it kind of really invests you in, like, the amount of violence that's going on. I feel like you would kind of just become desensitized to it watching it on, like, your TV at a certain point. But yeah. seeing it in a theater without the option of going on your phone, you just you just get immersed in it. I had the greatest uh, experience in the theater watching this movie. I saw it in AVX, uh, which I think is the, one of the best ways to watch it. If you were saying that IMAX, like, vibrated your skull, yeah. I think AVX is the perfect step down where it's, like, it still vibrates your skull, but not as much. Um, but... When I was watching it, I was sitting beside this, like, old guy in his, like, maybe 50s or something. He was fucking losing it. Good. He was having such a good time, and I was like, hell yes. Like, there any time, like, there are a lot of moments in this movie where John Wick gets hit by a car. Um, and any time John Wick got hit by a car, the guy was, like, literally, like, goofy laughing. He was going, like, wahoo! And I was like, what the heck? Yeah, it became very clear to me watching John Wick 4, and actually I have a good, a funny anecdote about 3, when I saw it a few years ago with my mom and my dad in theaters, there was just this unrelenting action sequence around the midway point in the movie, and it was like 15 minutes straight, and the audience was dead silent, and then right when the action ended, some guy just started clapping and went, more, please, more, like <laughs> immediately, and with 4, I had a similar experience where just the audience was eating it up, like people yeah. were losing their minds, and it really shows Sometimes people just want to watch Keanu Reeves shoot people in the face. Yeah. Um, somebody, we'll talk about this later, but I had somebody cry very, very intensely what? in this movie. I'm sure you know what part I'm talking about, but we'll get into it later. But yeah, the I audience was just I'm really so into it. I'm so confused. It was at the ending. Oh. And they were just sobbing. Oh, they okay. were just sobbing. I was like, okay, I'm glad you're loving it. I'm not going to take that away from you. But I do think John Wick is a franchise. It just continues to prove that it's got plenty of gas in the tank, you know, like mm-hmm. the first movie's good, but with each one after that, they're like, let me show you what we can do. And I just think that's what makes it so special. Uh, Keanu Reeves is kind of the center point of this conversation and someone I want to talk about because he's a great actor. He's been a dramatic actor and a com- comedic actor for decades now, but here he's kind of entering what I was talking to Cole, our, our friend about, um, and he, he just brought up the idea of just like, he's entering his Tom Cruise era. Yeah. You know, he's entering this era where he's all about the physicality and like, he's not so much focused on doing a lot with like dialogue. He's doing more so a good job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> I, true. Like no shade on Keanu Reeves. He's been in some great movies. Mm-hmm. He's been in some really bad movies. He, yes. And I personally think that he isn't actually a very good actor. He's um, all charisma. I think he is all charisma. His line delivery is in this entire movie. So bad. I'm sorry. They're not good. Are they bad or are they meant to be like that? If they're meant to be like that, what the fuck kind of character choice is that? Does Yeah. Is it essentially that uh, John Wick doesn't know how to speak like a human? Well, it's only in this fourth movie that he doesn't know how to speak like a human. It's not only in this fourth movie, Aiden. <laughs> okay. If you look at some of the clips from these older movies, you will realize that I don't think the guy knows how to speak. I'm gonna need a... God. He doesn't know how to use inflection. Like that line where he says, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. It's, it's so bad. It's very robotic. You're right. And, and like no offense to Keanu Reeves. I think he's a great actor, but his line delivery is awful. Yes, you're not wrong. I do think you're, I, you're right. I feel like an AI could have had a better line delivery. 
It's true. Chat GPT could could do a better do line delivery. I've watched Donald Trump and uh, Joe Biden have conversations about their Minecraft houses that are better than this movie. They sound more human. <laughs> better than the dialogue that Keanu Reeves gives. You're right. But the conversation with a lot of actors, the conversation would end there. It would be like the acting and the dialogue is really bad. But with Keanu, it does go deeper because he's proven himself to be a good actor. So I think it's all intentional choices here. Where? The Matrix. Okay. Think about how much Keanu Reeves talks in The Matrix. Okay. Maybe you're right. Maybe he's a better physical actor than he is. He is a way better physical actor than he is a, right. like a verbal one. And so that's kind of what ties into like the next point I was going to make, which is like he did 85% of his own stunts for this movie. I thought it was 75. It might be 75. Okay. Maybe I misread. Yeah. But it's like he did an overwhelming amount of his own stunts Yeah, he for did a movie. lot of stuff. And he was on set, like very involved in the creative process about this movie. He was like... You know, Keanu Reeves is, like, I widely regarded as, like, the nicest dude in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And you can just, like, read stories about him and watch videos of him. And it's very, like, clear that that's, you know, from my impression, a very, like, it's a true statement. He's just so kind and he has such a dedication to, the, like, the, the projects that he works on. And so with a lot of actors, it'd just be like, they're not good in this movie. But with Keanu doing so much stunts and so much physicality of the John Wick, like, John Wick is, you know, he's the boogeyman. And... That's all him. That's all down to the way he moves and the way and the way he performs these stunts. So you're right. His dialogue maybe not so great, but everything else is still him on screen. And mm-hmm. some of the stuff that he's doing at age 58, I'm like, wow. Yeah, like, gotta gotta commend him. I think here's the difference between Keanu and Tom Cruise is that Tom Cruise is like really physically fit. Keanu isn't really that physically fit. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sure, he's strong, but. I was listening to an interview uh, about this movie and, like, the process. And Keanu was saying how much training he had to do and all this stuff. Um, And he was like, as I'm getting older, it's so much harder to do. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't really keep up that much. And so he was saying that they incorporated um, whatever the martial arts fighting style is. It's a lot of, like, grappling and tackles and stuff like that. Uh, in this movie, there's just like a ton of that kind of stuff because that's way easier to do than the flying kicks and all those other things. You yeah, know? he's not like Jackie Chan, and he's not like in the shape to be like Jackie Chan. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, very impressive that he did a lot of his own stunts and all this stuff. He's definitely more of a physical actor, though. Mm-hmm. There's been times where I've watched performances from him where I'm I'm with you, where I'm like, this is, you know, he's in uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. Yeah, he's awful yeah that. he's awful in that movie i i was talking to my roommate sid about it and i was saying like because sid was like i have like barely seen him in anything other than these movies and i was like if you really want to see bad keanu watch constantine that is bad yeah i watched it once and i was like youch do you remember that movie we watched with him in Ana de armas where they show up at his door in the rain and he's like got like his mansion alone for the weekend. Oh yeah. And then these girls start like tormenting him and like trying to ruin his life. That was awful. Him. <laughs> so funny. That movie is so funny. I don't think it's meant to be funny, but it's, it's not, so funny. But it's really funny because it's just like Keanu is the most awkward human being in it. Um yeah. He, there's a scene at the ending where he's just like screaming about how these girls ruined ruined his life he's like you fucked me you fucked me and he says it like over and over it's just so stupid i'm like wow keanu all right anyways i'm not here to dunk on him because i actually really do like keanu reeves in these john wick movies and i think that he's so entertaining and engaging to watch 
even though there's times like I think almost every time he spoke, the entire theater did laugh. Yeah, it's it's just not good because all he says, I realized the problem with it. All he says is one-liners. Yeah. That's Lots it. Of, he says yeah probably like collectively like 15 times in this movie. And just the way he says like even simple things like yeah, it just feels so awkward. That's true. It feels so unnatural. But <laughs> Yeah, I, these movies have come a long way from a revenge movie about someone killing a man's dog though. Like that's one thing that yeah. immediately jumps out to me watching 4. It was just a random thought I have. It's like holy shit, it's hard to believe that this is the same franchise at times. Because the first one's really just a straightforward, like, killed my dog, fucked my car up, I'm going to ruin your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to imagine while watching that first movie what these would become, but they ultimately have become, like, such a beast in, like, Hollywood action movie making. So I was curious, like, what do you think makes the John Wick movies stand out so much from, like, other action movies in Hollywood? It's the pure action of it. The pure adrenaline of it. Like, when you think about the other other action movies and stuff, I think the difference that Tom John Wick has is in those action movies, it's usually somebody who is fighting against the bad guys to succeed in some kind of mission. In this, John Wick is not some guy who's fighting against the bad guys. John Wick is an assassin. He murders people for a living. So the difference is, is that, yes, we're cheering for him, but he is, at the end of the day, still a bad guy. And the reason why he's allowed to murder all these people is because he has a license to kill. Yeah. Like, that's his job. The Baba Yaga. Instead of, like, Tom Cruise, who is just like, I gotta save the day. The government, watch me do all these crazy stunts uh, and all these things. So, I definitely think it's just the murder. I actually think that's a really good point. Like, it's not, John Wick's not heroic. You know, no, like, he's, you're not, he's not saving the day or of anything, really. And I think that's what this movie is trying to point out to you a lot. Because he kills so many people in this movie. It is, it's just, like, endless waves. So, somebody tallied up. Um, John Wick in just chapter four. Wait, let me get. Let me try and oh, guess. Yeah, two hundred fifty. It's it's above that. Yeah, three hundred. I don't know the exact number, but it is like above two fifty. Yeah, I I wanted like a kill count uh, for the movie because holy crap, does he just murder everyone? It's everyone. And the thing I was gonna say too is somebody added up that he kills more than Jason and Michael Myers combined in just the fourth movie. Yeah, I'm not even surprised. Like, that's fucking absurd. That, the whole stairway sequence, like, so you know how many, many people he murders on that stairway alone? I also love, I also love the way John Wick kills people. He kills people very trained, like, he makes sure they're they're dead, but there's one guy in that stair sequence that's rolling down the stairs that John Wick puts, like, five or six bullets into, and I'm like, I think he's dead. Yeah, like, we get it, we get After it. After the one you put in his head, and they made him fall and start rolling, I think he's dead. Yeah, a lot of the times it's just overkill on his end. I'm just like, man, and there, that dude is so dead. There's also one sequence, which I also love when movies don't even think about, like, how many bullets are in a clip or anything. Oh, yeah. The, John Wick the, is, like, staple for that. I watched him in one sequence shoot a gun i think 26 times before reloading it was a pistol um and i was like sick and then there's other times where he shoots six times and reloads yeah like it's just like he just kind of decides when his gun needs to reload yeah um yeah i, I do completely agree that it's the pure mayhem it's and chaos sanity of murdering but it's also i think and this is something i, I want to get into chad stileski used to be like the director of this movie used to be a stunt coordinator and you can tell like the a lot of the stuff. And I think the reason these movies work so well is because it's just like a love letter to like action filmmaking, like from all around the world, from Hong Kong, from from Korea, mm-hmm. from America. Like it's really just like 
what if we took all these different fighting styles from every action movie ever and we just like threw it on the screen well i think it's also too like a lot of tropes that action movies have that make them make the fighting bad is the jump cuts yeah like between punches and stuff the with the goal of those it's you get rid of the action and you just give them the wind up and the impact um and it's not as exciting as the stuff we see here where it's like a 15 minute uncut john wick murders a room full of people um, it just never stops. It's just, it never stops, but it's so good because it's uncut. You see every little bit of it like it's real. It feels real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the big difference is yeah. that real action. Because in a lot of action movies these days, I feel like they forget about that. They forget about the fact that if you want something to like feel real, you have to make the fighting feel real too. Um, otherwise, you just know that the the main character is going to win. But if you put some stakes in there and make it almost seem like at times he's not going to win, then it feels real. Then you feel the real emotion. And you're like, holy crap, John Wick just beat up 25 dudes and there's 25 more waiting for him. How can he do this? Right. And then I'm like, oh, he's John Wick. Yeah, like he... The thing about John Wick, especially in this fourth movie, is that he's pretty much a superhero at this point. He's unstoppable. But I do love how these movies do kick the shit out of him. They're, yes, like he, he gets his ass whooped at times in this movie, and like I'm not like concerned he's gonna die, but like I don't know. Yeah, it definitely. Yeah, it it adds a bit of tension. You know he's not gonna die, but at the same time, it adds a bit of just like, what if he does? Mm-hmm. What if he's too hurt right now to get into the next fight? What if whatever? Like he's unstoppable, yeah. but it's nice to see him stumble and kind of take a punch to the face that puts him on the ground for a minute and stuff yeah. like that he's unstoppable and can jump from like a seven-story building that but that was hilarious that was li- not that was, that was too- not <laughs> even funny to me the funniest part is the arc de triomphe uh oh fight. the stairs no no the roundabout fight oh yeah yeah that's the arc de triomphe um yeah it's just insane i think john wick gets hit by five cars <laughs> And he's fine. He's doing okay. After every hit. Like, and some of them, too, are, like, cars going full speed. Yeah, like 120. I think he rides three hoods in that entire sequence as the car's driving. Um, It's just ridiculous. And I I understand he's got bulletproof suits or whatever, but there's no padding in those. They use that Kevlar suit as a way of just shrugging off everything that happens to him throughout the movie. Yeah, I had to ask Sid, because Sid had never seen any of the other movies. Um, and came to watch this one with me. I was like, "Did you understand why he was like pulling his jacket up in front of his face?" And uh, and Sid was like, "Kind of, but I finally got it at one point. Like I was confused, but then I understood." And he's just like Batman, you yeah. know. He's like, it's like Batman with his cape, except it's John Wick's like suit. Yeah. Somehow his head and hands never get shot at. He's all good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so funny too, because like I'm, I sound like I'm making fun of this movie, but really I think these things actually add add on to it for me yes. it makes it so much more fun we're talking about the ridiculousness but that's what makes it so fun and exciting yeah is these like oh my god john wick uh pulled his gun apart and starts stabbing people with it that's <laughs> insane but also so cool and like chad stileski just has such a like such a control over like everything in this in mm-hmm. this movie like there's a practicality to these that's just like missing from so much action filmmaking that makes those punches hit. It makes those gun noises feel like they're whizzing right by your head. Yeah. And on top of that, the set design here, like we'll talk about it a little bit more later, but it's just everyone's showing off. Like the sound design, the score, uh, the, the production design, just everyone here is firing on all cylinders. And I think when people come together and all contribute in their own way to something like this, it just makes it so impressive. Mm-hmm. And there's so many moments throughout this movie where I was just like, 
holy shit, I didn't even think I'd ever see something like this on a movie. Mm. It's just, it's pretty remarkable. Um, as the story and world of John Wick expands, I'm curious, like, do you, what do you think about the high table and the continental and all these like newer kind of bigger ideas that have been added to this franchise throughout its run that kind of spell out a bigger world for the John Wick world? Do you think it's at its best when it's just like simple shooty shooty or do you, do you find yourself like into the bigger elements of, the I John think Wick it's world? important for two reasons. One, for the people who don't watch the movies, it's not as big of a deal. Um, but it does give some idea that there is some other big bad out there. Uh, that John Wick is not just an individual acting on his own and somehow getting these bulletproof suits and somehow getting these amazing guns and somehow knowing exactly where everyone is. Like, it adds... Um, you need to have some kind of organization or something that John Wick can utilize. Otherwise, he just knows where to be at the exact right time and the exact right moments, you know? Right. Um, for the people who do know the movies, I think it adds an overarching, um, looming danger in the background. Agreed. Like, it's, it has become so important to, like, the rules and laws of the world of John Wick that, um, even though sometimes I don't understand exactly what they're talking about, uh, I think it's still important to have some kind of hierarchy or some uh big bad and the cool thing is we've never seen the high table yeah we've just seen i really bill skarsgård's about the closest we've come to seeing it like represented as a person yeah. yeah so it's it's cool to have this because in a world of assassins there's got to be some kind of shadow organization and they really make it a shadow organization by you never seeing them yeah only hearing about them and it's like all whispers about the high table exactly so i think it works really well and in regard to the Continental, too, the Continental is an idea I've found so interesting since it was introduced, I think, in the second movie. Maybe it's in the first, but I think it's the second is where it really comes into play. Um, you know, when you're an assassin, you have to have some sort of code because all you do is kill and it you, you don't really trust other assassins and stuff. But the idea of the Continental, which is like a hotel where you can't kill each other, that's like it's like a, a rule and everyone respects and follows this rule as much as it frustrates them. I just always found that so interesting because it's just like even assassins are just like, fuck, I'm in the Continental. I can't shoot you here. Yeah. Um, which is ultimately why John Wick's decision at the ending of the second movie is so insane. Um, but I just I've always found the Continental to be such an interesting addition to this world. And as it continues to expand and the John Wick world continues to grow and everything like that, I just I find these ideas to be, if not like sometimes convoluted. But always interesting, you know. Yeah. Like even when I'm kind of lost in the sauce of what they're saying, I'm like, it's still cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I found Bill Skarsgård as like a, I guess we'll talk about him for a minute. Um, him as like a representation of like the high table and how like just kind of like snobby and like shitty they are. I thought he was like a really fun performance. What did you think of Bill Skarsgård as like the kind of villain for this movie? Although like not really, he's just pulling the I strings. I think he was a okay villain i wish they hadn't give him given him literally every villain trope i've ever seen in a movie he does have them all the man a eats while talking with like john wick and those people he eats a lot and that's a sign of a villain is somebody who has no respect for you so he eats while he's talking oh he bad guy he hungry two he crosses his legs when he sits this is a bad guy trope and you can see it in a lot of movies bad guys will cross their legs when they sit they need to let um, you know they're not they're not fucking around. It, they need to let you know they don't feel threatened right now. Yeah. Um, and that's the way to do it. And three, his absurd outfits. Like, some of those outfits, he looked so ridiculous. 
um the crazy the the red coat in specific i'm thinking about he looked like a circus performer like the head of a circus yeah he does um so i think the idea of giving a uh i think it's just the idea of like giving somebody the kind of power that the high table has and him just going crazy baby i want everything blah 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 kill john wick blah 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 uh challenge me to a duel nah somebody else to do it blah 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 you know yeah um so like i think he works but i just feel like he was a little cartoony he is very cartoony and i think that was something that it is like hit or miss you know like you'll be watching that and you'll think it's very entertaining and very fun or it'll just like be like Okay, we're four movies in, and this dude is like a SpongeBob villain. Like, also, what are you doing? no offense to Bill Skarsgård, hire someone with a real French accent. Yeah, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't great. He is what's his name, Marquis de Grammont, something or like something that. like that. Yeah, you're right. His French accent is kind of funny. I do think it's like at times I was like, this has to be intentionally silly because we've done the serious villain, we've done the scary villains, we've done the person who got themselves into this shit without really realizing what they'd gotten into. And now we have man baby. We have someone who has all the power and all the money, but they're really just this privileged, spoiled little child. And I, I, I think that that works because we've explored so many different types of villains already in this franchise mm-hmm. that having the most pathetic villain in the fourth one who has the most power, I thought it worked, but you know, it is like a mileage may vary sort of thing. Because here's the other thing too. It's, the movie is not like the villain isn't really the point right in my opinion in this movie like he's just there to be the villain in my opinion because there's so much more stuff going on with john wick that actually matters Um, and like there's a villain on screen fighting john wick at every other second you don't really have that time for like this big overarching villain he's killing a lot of other guys too Mm -hmm. um yeah, and I think it's interesting to have a villain who doesn't kill anyone the entire movie. Right. Uh, well, he tries, but that's yeah. Uh, well, he kills one person, uh, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just have him kill one person. It doesn't make him really a threat. Um, in my eyes, like he's got the power to be a threat, but him himself is not the threat. Yeah, you know, because then it's still in in the. At the end of the day, it's still the high table that's the threat. He, this is just a guy who has the power of the high table right now, um, which I found interesting. But yeah, you saying the thing about him, you know, being almost like a like he's part of a circus at times. I think that's funny because you know Bill Skarsgård, very famous for Pennywise, mm-hmm. and I think he, there's actually a lot of Pennywise coming through in this performance that people might not be noticing in his little mannerisms and his little like he's so giddy and like silly at times and i just noticed him slipping through back into that character at times there's he does the eye cross the pennywise crossed eye at one point when he's staring off into the distance and i was just like god damn it he's all all he's not doing is drooling and he's like he's pretty much playing that character um very cartoonish is actually the perfect word to describe his performance Mm -hmm. in this movie and i thought it worked but you know it's one of those things where it's Eh, like didn't really work that much for me but yeah um Lots of kills have been coming to mind the longer I sit with this movie. Mm. John Wick, you know, as we had just kind of previously mentioned, at least 250, maybe 300. Is there any kills that, like, really stood out to you? Before we get into, like, some of the bigger action moments that stood out to us, like, was there any specific individual kills where you were like, God damn, I'm glad I'm not that guy? The 
one where that I can't remember her name. It starts with an A. Uh, it's the girl who like oh, climbs her, up Akira, the dude's... I believe her name is right. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. She climbs up the dude's back while stabbing him. Yes, I saw it in the trailer, but then watching the movie it was pretty awesome too. It's a good one. Um, that that one like really does stick out to me. I, sh- I thought of, uh, there was like a couple more that I was thinking of do you have any off the top of your head uh kane using the location detectors yeah the doorbell doorbell sensors yeah Yeah, so like when the people walk by he just knows exactly where to fuck them up it's not the way he kills them that stood out to me it's just the it's the precision and like the calculation of like all right i'm gonna just like put myself down here and wait for these guys to walk by so i know exactly where they are i thought that was like really creative really cool um the villain killer that big guy in the club when he falls and his neck gets snapped. It's actually so good. It's really great. It's so good. Um, our theater was like cracked up at like mm-hmm. the face that he makes when you see his dead body. It's just like one of those kills that just really left an impression for me. Um, the dog biting the dude's nuts before that dude gets blasted in the face and then the dog pees on his face. Yeah, so good. Cinema at its finest right there. Cinema. I thought that was great. There's The thing is, and I, we've already kind of said this, you kind of desensitize to it at a certain point when you're watching yeah. it. And that's not the takeaway from each individual impressive kill. It's just to say, like, I can't make that much space in my brain for, for that much killing. Mm-hmm. So only a couple really stuck with me. But, yeah, those ones were a few that really lingered with me. Oh, also, when John Wick has that dude in his hood and he sends him into the other car and then just, like, crushes him to death. Oh, yeah. That one was really great. Very good. Yeah, there's uh, the there's there's lots. Yeah. There's a lot of killing in this movie. Um, and... Yeah, I think I could probably go on and on about some of the kills and all these things. Like, there's so much stuff. Um, but, yeah, I I have to say kudos to John Wick's resilience uh, as he murders all these people. There are so many moments where I see John Wick get up, and I'm like, I'd be so gassed right now, but he just keeps going. He, yeah, he doesn't even stop to breathe. And he's just continuously moving. Yeah. Um, yeah, since we had just been talking about, like, Bill Skarsgård, I think now is a good time to talk about some of the other performers as well mm-hmm. um i find in these films a lot of like what makes it pop uh, other than keanu reeves killing people is like the supporting characters like in the first one you have willem dafoe mm-hmm. um you know second one we get um lance reddick and ian mcshane introduced and very heavily in the plot and then the third one you get halle berry which is pretty fun and then this one you get uh you get donnie yen and i wanted to talk about donnie yen's character a little bit because kane is a character that immediately leaves a mark on the audience, I was like, I want to see more of this dude. I love mm-hmm. this dude. What did you think of, of Donnie Yen's character as Kane? Very cool. I liked him a lot. Um, uh, I like the the idea that he is blind, um, so he uses hearing to locate people. It almost reminds me of um, a fighting style called uh, the Drunken Warrior fighting style. It's mostly using games and things uh, where the drunker you get, the better you are at fighting kind of as in the sense that you flow more like water. Um, and so I can very much see that when he blindly just like takes his gun and starts shooting people or like the moments where he's kind of got his sword cane out and just like feeling the air and he is just like kind of moving around. Um, his fighting style is precise, but it is also sloppy at the same time. Um, and that comes to his advantage because his enemies don't know where he's shooting. Because he doesn't even know where he's shooting. Right. Um, and, and his enemies don't know where he's swinging because he doesn't need to, like, look to where he's swinging. He just, like, hears it. Um, and so I think he's a very cool character. 
uh very cool concept to have and yeah i would totally love to see more i love the way that like there's a, a respect throughout the entire movie despite the fact that he's hunting john wick down he's trying to kill him they're getting in these brutal fights they're like friends still throughout the entire movie and i found that to be like really engaging like the kind of bond between john wick and the character of kane i was like really sold on it i was like damn i didn't know that these movies were missing this for this long this kind of like bromance amidst like the quest to kill him i thought was extremely engaging and you know donnie yen uh mainstream moviegoers may not know him as well but for fans of like international cinema and in particular like hong kong and like asian cinema he is a very skilled um martial artist and like actor and he has this uh, series called Ip Man. I've only seen one of the Ip Man movies, but it, I thought it was pretty great. And that's pretty much like Hong Kong John Wick, really. Like, it's like has a lot in common with those movies. And I just think that the fighting style and the vibe that he adds to this movie really, like, allows it to, like, dig deeper into the different types of violence that John Wick will, will focus on. Mm-hmm. I, I noticed in the fourth movie throughout watching, and I was curious if, like, you picked up on this as well, a huge increase in, like, Asian style fighting like a lot of like um like Hong Kong kind of like really even like Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon stuff kind of creeping in where it was like this very over the top kind of dramatic fighting that felt different to me than the other John Wick movies did you like get that sense at all well I think it's right back to the thing I said earlier about how John Wick uh, or Keanu Reeves can't really keep up um so you resort to more martial arts fighting because that's it's more two people, more hand-to-hand combat. You can get those grapples in there, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very fitting for a movie that takes John Wick internationally because in all the other John Wick movies, we've just stayed in nondescript New York, I, I guess. I think it's New York, yeah. Um, but in this movie, we're traveling all over the world. Um, and so I think it's only fitting that they add that new stuff in, um, especially seeing as we've got the... Uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the hotel uh, that's in Japan. Oh, the Osaka Continental. Osaka, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, as we go to the Osaka Continental, you see all the guys. They don't have guns. They've got bows and bow and arrows yep. and swords and things. Which, okay, I gotta point this out. Super smart move because those vests are those jackets and things are bulletproof, right? And it's way easier for you to just shrug off a bullet, but an arrow is much different where it's like a cutting blade moving at a thousand miles per hour, you know? So that's why... Your Kevlar is not going to do shit. Your Kevlar, yeah, because it's meant for stopping the brute force of a bullet. Um, It's not meant to stop the easy slice of an arrow. Um, And on top of that, too, uh, with, with arrows, like, it's so... Just like with the bow, the whole everything, it makes um, like that long distance stealth combat way easier and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff too. And you've got the swords out and everything like that moment where uh, the Osaka crew uh, squares up to the round the head table crew or whatever. um, And those guys come in so smart that they go the guys in the front line who have swords versus the guys with guns so smart to go in sliding and slash at their legs because then it makes the aiming way harder because they're up close now um so i think it's just really smart um combat that helps kind of change the combat that makes it not only easier for john wick or easier for keanu i should say but also more interesting because it's so much more up and close and personal. Yeah. Um, 
which I really liked because you can shoot people all day, but it, it gets interesting when it's more hand-to-hand uh, flips and moves and grabs and all these things. And that's where I think the John Wick movies for me like really excel. Like The gung-fu stuff is all really cool. I love all the gun combat, but the martial arts in this movie is where I'm like, holy shit. It's really good. It's really cool. And it's really good because they know how to shoot it well and they don't have to be like, cut, 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 cut. They're like, let's make this 15-minute sequence fully like there's no cuts yeah or whatever uh so it's just done very well yeah like hiroyuki sonata is the the head of the osaka continental another very beloved kind of like martial artist actor uh and he even gets that scene where he fights off against donnie yen which was really great yeah but i just thought yeah like you had mentioned in with the movie going more international both in the world uh of john wick and shooting in 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 real life I think it makes so much more sense to add these different fighting styles because it really just adds this freshness to this movie on, on yeah, a fourth you can, installment. Yeah, you can do gung fu as long as you want, but then you get John Wick to learn martial arts. You get John Wick to learn like Tai Chi. You get John Wick to learn all these different things, and it's so much more interesting. Yeah. So one thing we haven't mentioned, this movie's three hours long. Yep. Um, it's been kind of divisive. I've seen people talk about how it's too long, or some people talk about how it could have been longer. Um for me, I felt like the length of this movie was completely earned. I thought, like, throughout the entire time watching it, I was like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense that it's a three-hour movie. There is, like, 25-minute action sequences that don't stop. You know, like, they just keep, keep going. Did you feel like John Wick 4 warranted the runtime, or do you think it could have trimmed some fat? Because for me, there's nowhere they could have removed stuff. I thought everything here, like, needed to be how it was. I think it it worked, but I think I could trim some fat from that movie. Really? Like... I feel like some of the action sequences go on just, like, a little too long. Um, like, the staircase scene definitely went on a little too long. I thought that, too. And then I was like, is it meant to? Like, is it, like, it's kind of I a think joke. It, it feels a bit comedic in the sense of that. It yeah. very much is a joke that he makes it all the way to the top of the stairs, gets knocked all the way back down. And then, and then restarts back it. Away. Yeah. yeah. It feels like a video game. Um, little unnecessary. Uh, I do think, yeah, I think just you could trim it down by taking out some of the action, and it wouldn't hurt the movie. Because, like, I get it. The action is what we're here for, and that's what we want to watch. But you could make the movie two and a half hours long and still get exactly what you want out of it, mm-hmm. um, in my personal opinion. Do I think the three hours works? Yes, I was entertained the entire time. Um, but I, I definitely think I could trim out maybe 25, 30 minutes of that movie. Did you feel the length at all? Because for me, I didn't. And I actually said to Cole and Brayden when the movie finished, I was like, that didn't feel like a three-hour movie to me. And then they were all like, no, I was never bored, but it did feel like three hours. And I, I was like, It definitely did... felt like a three-hour movie to me. That's crazy. I, I wonder why it flew by for me, because usually I really feel length in long movies like this. And just the entire time, I was just like, I thought I had only been in the theater for like two hours and 15 minutes when we came out. And I, was like, Damn. I, I felt the three-hour movie at about the halfway point mm-hmm. when I was like, no, I felt the, I felt the three-hour movie at about the two-thirds point. When the like challenge gets set, the duel gets set for the next morning, and then you spend about an hour in that entire night. But it's the most electric hour ever. It is, it's so but good. it's almost too much. Fair enough, yeah. Like that stair scene, the end of that stair scene, you're like, okay, we get it. John Wick just murdered, what, 100 people? It's because, yeah, I guess you're right. You've already been through like 40 minutes of unrelenting action by the time the stair scene starts. And that stair scene is followed... Or is right after a 30-minute uh, Arc de Triomphe fight scene in a roundabout. Yeah. Like, it's just so much action. And I get it. You Like, the 
they want to show you is all this merciless killing really worth it in the end um but you're talking about a guy who already in the past hour and a half killed double that amount of people already (laughs) right like it's hard you know um and so i get what they're trying to do i just think that they could have taken out some of those action sequences and i would have gotten the exact same thing out of it you know Mm -hmm. yeah like i don't think they're losing anything by taking out a couple dudes dying yeah i i had read something with chad stolensky where he talked a little bit about the goal for this one was to actually invoke kind of like those epic like he actually used the word like hollywood epic so he was like you know um lawrence of arabia um really just like those long lord of the rings like he i think he likened it to lord of the rings at one point like just a Mm -hmm. lot of those like longer kind of epic hollywood movies and i i get what he's going for there even if at times where i was like yeah okay maybe we could cut it out but he was clearly going for a very specific thing Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i get what he's going for there too but like this is a a kind of a constant thing for all these longer movies for me i for like i get the spectacle i really enjoyed john wick i thought it was the spectacle was amazing but there's also something really impressive about an, a director being able to make an amazing hour and 20 minute movie. Yeah. Oh, you know, you know what? Yeah, this is and completely so random, but I watched is, an hour and 20 minute movie today and I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. So th- it's like, I understand the spectacle of having these three hour movies, but at what point do all of our movies become three hours long? <laughs> That's a good point. Because movies it's are getting slowly so long. getting there. It's slowly getting there. The Marvel movies are getting longer every movie. The action movies, longer every movie. You know, nobody makes a solid uh, hour and 20 minute movie anymore unless you're a small company that doesn't have the budget. Otherwise, your movie is two hours to two and a half hours long. Yeah. Um, And hey, I'm a theater guy. I sit through three hour plays like I understand. But when does the pure simplicity and perfection of an hour and 30 minute movie that makes you feel everything die out when we've hit like movies that are at like three and a half hours long and they're considered cinematic masterpieces yeah because then the then the movie companies are like oh people like these long movies let's make all our movies this long yeah which is like so so much it's about the story if the story demands that time then the story demands that time totally fair too many studios are doing what you're saying yeah because if the story demands that time totally fair but if it doesn't demand that time, don't give it that time because then you're wasting your time and audience are going to give you more negatives about the stuff that you're like spending too much time on. Yeah. Um, so like to sum that all up, do I think John Wick deserves that three hour runtime? Yeah, I do. Do I think it could have been shorter? Yeah, I do. Could have been tightened up a bit. Yeah. Yeah, especially I will agree with you. Like even though I don't think the movie's too long, I will say that like somewhere in the second act, there's some stuff that could have been trimmed down yeah the second bit. act's a little too long i love how unrelenting the third act is that's actually one of the things i was like hyping everybody up on it's like dude the last hour of that movie is just like pure action it actually doesn't even stop to breathe once and i loved no. that about it but there is a little bit of like downtime in the second part of the movie where you could you could trim some fat for sure oh i was more sorry i was more thinking of trimming some fat from the third part actually. really yeah i think the unrelenting is fair but but how unrelenting can you be after you've already watched an hour and a half or two and a half hours yeah. of unrelenting? Yeah. You know? Um, I guess since we're talking about like the action and, and the length of this movie, which set pieces really stood out to you the most from throughout this film? Because I think really 
the more I was thinking about this movie, I realized this movie can be boiled down to like six big set pieces. Like really things will go on for like 20 minutes at a time. And then when you think of how that composes the runtime, like you get like the Osaka continental, um, well you have like the opening in the desert, then you get the Osaka continental, um, and, you know, I won't go through it all, but really it's boiled down to, like, very specific sequences. And I was wondering if there's, like, any action moment or action set piece that had you, like, really captivated and which ones really stood out to you. I would say I think the only one that really stood out to me was the very end. Um, that final that final shot or the final set with, like, the whole dueling grounds and everything. So cool. Yeah. Um, I would say everything else was not as impressive to me really i didn't find it that interesting like oh the waterfall club did the waterfall club not hit for you it was okay oh man it's boring what okay let me ask you this okay i understand they're in a club that's run by some mob boss but once two men die right beside you would you not stop dancing and run out of the club it's kind of funny that they all keep dancing. They all keep dancing. And I even watched a lady watch a guy die on the ground and then go right back to dancing. Um, and here's the other thing, too. Is this not just a concrete factory that they put a waterfall in and some flashy lights? Maybe so. But I was like, that water looks Great crazy, Great use bro. of that water. But why the fuck is there just like a square, like a rectangle of waterfall in the middle of this club that no one is using either and no one is on? Rich people are crazy. They just like to look at stuff. Like, I didn't find it that interesting. I think all the other shots, like the desert we've already seen, the continental we've already seen, the Osaka Hotel, we've already seen that, yeah? Desert was the first time um, in this one. No. We've seen the desert before in other movies. Have we? Yeah, he goes, that's where he loses his finger. Oh, you're right. We've it's already in the seen third that. one, you're right. And in the Osaka, Osaka Hotel is the finale of the third one. Mm, no. I think there is a continental that's the finale of the third one. But it's in New York. Huh. It's weird because I, I feel like I remember seeing those like glass panels and mm-hmm. like flashy square light things already. Anywho. It, that does, it, it's a testament to how much it all kind of bleeds together. Yeah. What, what we're saying right now. I, yeah. yeah I, and then I, all the other locations are just like world locations, which is cool to see him go around the world. To me, like the set's great. Didn't really stand out anything crazy to me. I think one of the cooler... Set pieces is definitely the finale. All the Paris stuff is is pretty spectacular. Yeah, all the and Paris like, stuff is definitely the most spe- spectacular in my mind. Especially what's the the highway thing? You you know the name the of the Arc de Triomphe. Remarkable. Great. I know, and yeah, I was thinking amazing. about like from a really annoying movie stand standpoint that I'm about to get into. How fucking hard that would be to film. The constant cars, like in the way that they'd have to make it all, each car seem like it's actually flying at that speed. Certain ones actually would have to fly by at that speed, but then other ones have to be set up on a rig to just come at them at a certain speed. I just was blown away at like the technicality yeah. masterpiece of like making that many cars whiz by and hit that many people. I think, uh, I wonder how many of them were fake. It's a good question. question. It's pretty seamless, but I feel like if you paid attention, maybe you could tell. I feel like any ones they come in contact with are probably real. Mm-hmm. But all the other ones might be fake. Are you telling me that the overhead tracking shot of him with the fire shotgun was not like... Cinematically, th- amazing. Holy Set crap. piece wise, not that interesting. Yeah, it's, it's an just abandoned, an apartment. It's an abandoned place. Yeah. Cinematically, like the shot, the shooting of it, fantastic. It, but the I, set piece is like, it's an abandoned house. You're right there, yeah. I don't know if I've ever felt like I was more in a video game than I did watching that moment. Yeah, it was great. It, I felt like I was in one of those top-down shooters. Uh, shout out to one more kill uh, in this... 
uh, John Wick shoots somebody with a fire shotgun, and they do a whole one, a whole 360 flip. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, So good. No, yeah, that scene was very cool. I think it's cooler cinematically than it was. Like, I think, I think the whole right. movie yeah. is very much more interesting cinematically than set-piece-wise. Like, the sets are cool, but the way that they're but shot the way is that, way yeah. cooler. Because you're right. I mean, like, the set-piece of, like, the Waterfall Club is just, like, is cool. But, but when, the way they move around and the panic when he's chasing Killa throughout that waterfall club is what makes it really pop. Yeah, and John Wick getting re- water poured over him as he like beats this dude's face in over oh. and over again. Cinematically amazing. Yeah. Set piece wise, eh. There was times where I realized while watching it that John Wick Four is simply an anime. Um, mm. and I was like, especially when he falls from the two stories and gets he's in the waterfall and he looks up. And just like slow mo water pouring down Keanu's face as he looks up at, at the villain, played by I believe his name is Scott Adkins. Um, wow, I was just like, holy shit! This is just a live action anime. Yeah, really remarkable. I think mm-hmm. you're right though. It is it is more about the way it's shot than the actual locations themselves. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so at the end of the movie, as we kind of already alluded to numerous times, we get to the duel at the top of the stairs in Paris. This is what. John Wick has been essentially hoping to get to throughout the entire movie because if he wins this duel, uh, he is, you know, relieved of any obligations that he owes to the high table and they will no longer hunt him. Yeah. Um. So it shot like a Western. And that was where I was like, holy shit, we got the sun coming up in the background. It's just got this Western vibe to it that was really cool. And Kane gets the upper hand on John and he looks to be fatally injured before Skarsgård's character and all of his egotistical glory uh, goes to finish the job fantastic line delivery from Ian McShane when he's like, you arrogant fuck. He didn't pull the trigger. And then John like blast Bill Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. Just great, great moment. Um, you know, they are relieved of their duties, both Kane and John, due to the fact that Bill Skarsgård essentially got himself killed and they didn't need to actually kill each other. And then John walks away. He sits down on a set of stairs. He sees Helen, or he says, he sees memories of his wife, Helen, and he says her name. And then John Wick dies? Question mark, question mark. What do you think? Wesley? John Wick is not dead. <laughs> Literally, before I saw the movie, I saw a post that Keanu Reeves was open to doing more John Wick movies. I've seen that too. It's the same thing as when the snap happened in Infinity War, and Look, I knew Spider Man three or Spider Man two was coming. I was like, I already know. Like I get it that you want to try and have some mystery, but you tr- did the same thing in the last movie. Yeah, it's literally beat for beat the same thing from the last movie. Well. Now, Not for now he's actually quote unquote dead. At the ending of the last one, he was left for dead and he was like coming up with his own vengeance plan. But now like we see a grave. We don't see a body. That's how I've always acted with movies. It's like, you don't see a body. We don't see a body. Don't que- and don't, also don't uh, when the Bowery King asked, do you think you went to heaven or hell? The guy who owns Continental goes, who knows? Yeah. Like maybe he didn't go to either. Maybe he's still alive. Mm-hmm. Which makes the most sense is that he, is just gone off the map. He's essentially said, I'm dead, but he's not actually dead. Yeah, no one's hunting me anymore, so I'm really just going to make sure no one's hunting me anymore by going the extra mile and faking my own death. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were going to do four and five as back-to-back. The plan was to shoot four and five back-to-back, and then they decided to just do four. And they were like, we're not even really focused on John Wick 5 or developing John Wick 5 at this point in time. Uh, Chad Stalinski has talked about Keanu and I are going to take some time off and we're really going to like leave this franchise be for a little bit. I don't believe them. This movie made so much money and they're just, they can keep going and they know they can keep going as long as they keep coming up with creative things 
new ways to implement interesting fight styles and interesting gun set pieces and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. They can keep this going. Um, I don't think John Wick's dead, but here's what I, going back to what I had mentioned at the beginning of this episode, someone was sobbing behind me in the theater, sobbing. What? I am so happy that you love movies and that you were here in an IMAX theater and you were enjoying John Wick 4. May I ask you why you were crying over the character of John Wick? Tell me why you're crying for this assassin who... Doesn't speak. Doesn't say anything. Yeah. Like, and I'm not going to lie. The Helen at the end of the movie did nothing for me. Yeah. I felt zero emotion. It's because this, this franchise is so removed from and the I, version of it when Helen was still, like, quote-unquote around. Yeah, and I went... Who's Helen? And then I was like, oh, right, his wife. Oh, right, his wife. His wife that we don't even really meet. She's already dead by the time John Wick starts. Yeah. And so we are. We only know her through flashbacks. Yeah, it's it's like they were... I think they would have gotten more emotion if he remembered his dog. Yeah. Like, <laughs> What's that dog's name? He thinks back on it. John Wick gets his dog moments here, too. He chooses to spare someone's life to save a dog. He does. He's teaming up with dogs. Dogs are biting people's nuts and pissing on their faces. It's oh, awesome. I got to say, shout out one more thing. Um, Mr. Nobody. Yeah, I did want to talk about the him. The coolest backpack I have ever seen. Yeah. Like, I love Mr. Nobody because John Wick is all about his classiness and his, like, uh, his cool suits and his cool guns and all this stuff. This dude is about his resources, his survival tactics. Like, he's not dressed up fancy. He's dressed up tactically. He's got the backpack on so that if anyone... Nobody can grab him from behind because there's a huge backpack in the way. Yeah. It's also got bulletproof padding in it that he can use. You watch him, like, walk backwards towards enemies so they shoot at the backpack. Um, and then he pulls that fucking vest out from it and straps it on. And he's got, oh, like, a gun sick. strap. So cool. I feel like Mr. Nobody is a character um, who is fantastic and extremely entertaining. The way that he's saving John Wick not to save him, but because he wants to collect the he bounty. He wants the bigger bounty. He yeah. wants the bounty to keep rising and it's rising. Like the more I keep him alive and the more people try and kill him and I stop them, the more money I can get from this dude. I thought that was awesome. So cool. He and does... also, coolest gun, I will say, of all the John Wick guns, I think like John Wick's pistol is pretty cool, but that repeater, oh my god, it's so cool. Yeah, it's pretty wicked. I feel like, I don't know the actor's name, I'll have to get it up here, um, but I feel like he gets shrugged off a little bit in how cool it is to see Donnie Yen. I feel yeah. like a lot of people are really freaking out about Donnie Yen while watching because Kane is just such a compelling character. Um, yeah, I definitely Shamir gets, Anderson is his name. Yeah, he definitely gets shrugged off a bit, um, but I think his character is really cool. Agreed. I thought he was pretty great. Um, going back to the quote-unquote John Wick death really quickly, should he be dead? Because now we've dis- discussed if he is dead. Do you think John Wick's four is a good spot to end it like should they just wrap it up and be like hey we've done some very impressive and remarkable stuff with action filmmaking should we call it a day if it is the end it's pretty anticlimactic hmm. because it's the, i would it's it's tricky because it's an anticlimactic ending for him as a character and like an anticlimactic ending to stop your franchise but this is one of the most impressive action movies i've seen in a very long time i would agree but i think seeing as they're the john wick people they could probably go farther yeah, that's true. Let's see them one-up themselves one more time and call it a day. Exactly. I would love to see one more movie where it's like some reason someone's hunting down John Wick and he's been out of the game for a while and he goes to get back in or he's forced to go back into the game um, and finally like hunt down the high table or something. He doesn't need to kill the high table. Like That's just not going to happen. I don't think that's a feasible 
it's not a realistic goal. No. Yeah. Even for John Wick. Um, but there's got to be like something. Um, and so I think as they really tied it back to, I don't know, someone from his past or something like that, I would be, I'd be open to it. I think Kane could serve a bigger role in the next narrative. Yeah. For sure. And did you, did you stick around for the post credit scene? I didn't, no. Because um, I thought there wouldn't be one because I was like, why the <laughs> fuck would John Wick have a post credit scene? Yeah, that's what we thought too. The only reason I actually didn't stick around for it either is because we saw it in IMAX and the credit music in this movie is just like loud as fuck. And yeah. we were like waiting and we were waiting and we were waiting and it just wouldn't come. And we were like, all right, we're kind of all suffering. Just like, it's great music, but like, this is really loud. So we left, but I did Google it and I researched what it is. Essentially, Kane is going to see his daughter after the events of the movie, after he gets away from all the, you know, the final shootout. And he gets there to see his daughter and Akira is there instead. Yeah. And she, I don't know what she does, but she makes some sort of violent threat on him and then the movie wraps up. So they're setting up either a Kane spinoff where Akira is hunting him down or they're setting up some sort of plot that could draw John Wick back into it in the future. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think the idea of John Wick being dead is super like, oh. Let's not do that. That feels like a lame way to uh, to wrap up the franchise. Mm-hmm. I think a fifth movie would be great. I think I'd be down. Five's a good number. We do one more. We call it a day. Yeah. There's a bunch of spinoffs in the works. I'm curious about your thoughts on those really quickly. One for a side character introduced in Chapter 3 who will be played by Ana de Armas. This movie is already confirmed to have Keanu Reeves in it as John Wick. Uh, and then another TV show. I think it's a limited series focused on the early days of the Continental uh, surrounding Winston and Sharon. Um so I think that's interesting, but I don't know how you'll like, I'm interested in seeing more of that character, especially cause I thought Lance Reddick and Ian McShane did such interesting jobs playing them in the first few movies, but I just don't know like how much is there to do with a continental show? I don't know. I know that Anna Darmus can do action cause she was in, um, uh, uh oh, no time to die. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was like, what is that 007 movie? Um, it's one of the 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, Octopussy. No. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, she killed it in that movie. It was actually so cool. I actually think that whoever cast her for Ballerina watched her 15-minute sequence in No Time to Die, and they were like, all right, give her her own movie. Yeah. Like, she's really good. Uh, so I'm here for that. I don't know about the TV series, but hey, who knows? I heard it's going to be three episodes, all an hour and 20 minutes. So it's like super short. So I don't know. Mm, I'm interested. Yeah, I don't know. Um. We mentioned we'd talk a little bit more about Lance Reddick, and we didn't really, other than the fact that, yeah, he gets killed pretty early in this movie. Kind of takes on a new life, given the fact that he just passed away. Yeah. I kind of was like, ah, oh, damn. It's a shame that this was already all filmed, because like his fate in the movie is he has like one line of dialogue, and he, and he dies. Um, and when he's so good in those first few ones, and now we know it's the last time we'll see him, it's a little bit of like a sad moment when he doesn't really get anything to do in this movie yeah that being said i was thinking about a version of this movie that has him in it and i couldn't find one like mm-hmm. there's like in my head i was like there's really not any way to have him he'd just be in this story out. he'd just be in the background yeah so anyways um that came to mind do you have any other thoughts on on john wick as a franchise where you'd like to see it go i thought it was really good uh i would love to see it top itself one more time and then that be it yeah right off into the sunset because i don't want it to become like a fast and furious kind of thing um, but I really do love those these movies, and uh, I I do hope to see at least one more with Keanu Reeves before he gets too old. Yeah, 
Um, cause that's also a very real possibility. It's the dude's in his fifties. 58. You yeah. know, like he's doing this shit at 58. It's pretty impressive. And I agree. I'd like to see him just do it one last time. Um, really just cement this franchise as like one of the great action movie franchises and then just wrap it up. Yeah. I think that'd be perfect for him. Um, so I personally would rate this movie out of five falling from a seven story building and surviving somehow. <laughs> Um, actually five getting hit by cars, um, five cars on the, um, five doorbell sensors. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, I rate it a, like a four and a half, four and a half for me as well. I think that half point is only taken off for the like lull I felt in the third act and Keanu's horrible line delivery. I love Keanu Reeves. It's so hard for me to admit at the beginning of this episode, we just, that was a hard thing for me to wrap my head around was like, maybe Keanu Reeves is not as good as I think he is, but he loves movies. He loves cinema. And so he is me and I am him. And no, we, are, we are best friends. Hayden, you know what really made me realize that Hollywood is just soul sucking? What? When the two men who strived for the cinemas to come back did not even show up at the Oscars. That was crazy. I can't that believe is when that. I realized that cinema is dead. <laughs> Tom Cruise didn't. His excuse was Nicole Kidman was going to be there, and that's his ex, his ex wife. And I was like, bro, bro, I was like, get bro, over yourself. You just had the biggest movie of the year. Go to the Oscars. Bro really can't handle awkward social situations, but he'll jump out of a plane no problem. Well, it's also like Tom Cruise doesn't ever want to put himself in a room where someone's going to make a Scientology joke. And so that's why he avoids like award shows. It's because he's just like, because he's like, oh, damn. The thing I believe in is stupid. Yeah. So I don't want to show Everyone up. in Hollywood thinks that the thing I believe in is dumb, so I'm just not going to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, you're right. That's That was one of those moments where I was like, wow, these guys literally were like, come to the theaters. And then but they John didn't Wick, come to the theaters. He might show up the next Oscars. We'll see. I do think that this movie, straight up, should get some like nominations for the next Oscars. I think it at won't. least for cinematography. Yeah. Or like production design or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it will. Um, one thing we didn't mention at all was just the bitching score. Like the score for this movie was so sick. The scene where he's getting mowed down by the cars is just like the most like aggressive, like boom, boom, boom. Can boom, I be boom, honest? Boom. You don't remember it? I don't remember any of the score. Oh man, it's like I don't think super I, synthy, um, I don't electronic. think I can remember a, like a single action movie score. Like that's fair. Action movies are one of those things where I don't hear the score at all. Yeah, I'm just, just like, like in it. fighting, 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 gun, the shoot, shoot, boom, 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 you're dead. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. There's there's some good music in this movie, some some cool needle drops that I was like really ecstatic about. But yeah, I don't I don't know. All the EDM just kind of blends together with me. But I'm sure it was all great. Yeah, uh, for me, four and a half. I think final rating. Yeah, it's, it's just one of the. I, currently, it is my favorite movie of 2023. It is really. It's sitting right there at the top couple movies are, like, fighting it for that spot. I just watched, as I had mentioned, I just watched this movie today, completely random, called Rye Lane. Um, it's kind of like a rom-com. It was an hour and 18 minutes. I've never seen a movie do so effectively what that movie mm-hmm. does in an hour and 18 minutes, and I just loved it. So that's, like, fighting for, you know, typical me. is like my number one is a three-hour epic about guns and martial arts. My number two is a movie about two people talking. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it tracks. Yeah, it tracks. Anyways, yeah, John Wick 4. Yeah, I think that's about everything we have to say uh, for John Wick 4. So thank you so much for listening. If you want to check out our other episodes, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
You can also find us uh, on Instagram at the Dive In Movie Cast. In our individual Instagrams, I'm at Wesley Giffen. And I am at Hayden Kutris. It is the same name on our letterbox. So thank you guys so much for uh, listening. And in uh, John Wick fashion, we'll see you next time. Yeah.